Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchisee of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. What kind of a retirement plan allows millions of people to lose 30 to 50% of their life savings just as they near retirement? It's a society based on freedom and choice and personal responsibility. There are no guarantees. It's important that people deal with someone to make sure to provide lifetime income. Lifetime income. And now to our story. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement program with your host, Matthew Johnson. And welcome to this episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, how the heck are you? I am so pleased to have you here with me, and I'm pleased that you're taking some time out of your Saturday morning to be a part of this radio show program. It is so edifying to get so many different questions and comments through our website, johnsonwim.com. It's a pleasure to talk to so many of you that call in and schedule to have a 15 to 20 minute phone call with me over the phone. I'm just so gratified to be able to hear from each and every one of you. If you haven't had the opportunity, I want to encourage you to go to the retirement income store. I know you've been hearing about it and you may be thinking to yourself, well, what is it all about? Well, the retirement income store has a real niche, as they say, in the sense that its purpose is to help educate you on how to retire successfully. It's to equip you, to give you the information that you need in order to be able to start understanding what are the questions to ask? What are the challenges that you face? What are the solutions that you potentially can implement in order to be able to retire and to retire successfully? There's not a single person. I've been a fiduciary for 23 years. There's not a single person out there that says, yep, I've worked 90,000 hours, Matthew, and I want to retire and just make a lot less income and I want to be able to have more uncertainty in my life. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. It's not going to work that way. You want to be able to have more fun in retirement than what you ever dreamed possible. You want to be able to take trips, spend time with your loved ones. You want to be able to have the peace of mind and the freedom to be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it, knowing that you know where your income is going to come from and knowing that you've done everything possible to maximize that amount of income, right? Income is the key to the kingdom. When it comes to retirement, there is no more important thing other than your health. And so speaking of that, we're going to be discussing you growing up. And I'm going to say it this way. It's about time for you to let it go. Just let it go. 
Now, what do I mean by that? Well, <laughs> I was just thinking about the other day I was in my bedroom and I've got a very large cabinet. It's in my bedroom. And my youngest son said, look at that, dad. I never used to be tall enough to reach the top of the cabinet. And now I can. And he reached up there with ease. He was almost glowing as he said it, knowing that he has gotten older. He's gotten taller. He's gotten stronger. One of the painful things for him, just like myself growing up, was the leg aches, right? If you're a real tall guy like myself, you're going to be in a position where that's just a part of growing up. But you know what? We grow up and we never stop growing up. We continue to grow up. You know, think about it this way. I know that this may be kind of a strange metaphor, but, you know, isn't it true that when your life began, your primary, I guess, doctor was going to be the pediatrician? And that pediatrician was the person that your parents took you to in order to take care of you when you were young. But let me ask you, did you always go to see the pediatrician? I mean, are you still seeing a pediatrician even today? Well, chances are probably not. Chances are you're not seeing the pediatrician. Chances are you have now graduated to the general practitioner. Okay? And that general practitioner was the person that, you know, took over from the pediatrician. They now have a different skill set. They have a skill set that is more appropriate for you in the stage of life that you're in. Now, you get much older, and now you're going to probably start seeing the specialist, right? When we start having specialists come into our life, well, that means that we need people with even finer honed skill sets, people that are going to have the ability of being able to work on whatever ails us and do it specifically because it's something that they do every single day. It's the area of expertise that they have. And then given the specialist, I guess, what's the next thing that you graduate to? I guess maybe it's the gerontologist, right? Now you're dealing with the person who's really specializing in the area of dealing with old age, right? Whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional. And that gerontologist is going to be dealing with a completely opposite end of the spectrum compared to the pediatrician. So if you're thinking, you know, that really does make sense. Or if you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. So we have these things in our life that we all tend to outgrow. And I want to break these down today because I think that this is something that I've kind of skirted around, but I want to be more specific about it. And no particular order per se, we're just going to deal with life insurance. You know, with life insurance for some of my clients, even today, and I see literally hundreds and hundreds of people every single year, I still have clients that have life insurance policies that their parents took out on them when they were a juvenile. Now, is there anything that they need to be doing with those policies? Well, the first thing is, yes, you need to be making absolutely certain that you're paying attention to the cash value of those policies. You're paying attention to whether those policies are self-sustaining and they're paid up 
depending upon the type of policy that they are. You want to be absolutely certain that you're in a position where that juvenile policy is going to survive you. You're going to want to pay attention to the beneficiaries of that life insurance policy, especially the older ones. You know, they tend to get thrown in the junk drawer. They get put in the file and we tend to forget, oh, that's right. Back then, my children were still growing up. They were unmarried. And so we need to update those beneficiaries. Now, as we got older and we began to be married, we had our family. Then we ended up having to graduate to life insurance. It was different from a juvenile policy that we were given by our parents. Even some of those juvenile policies are still listing your parents as beneficiaries, by the way. And your parents are long gone, right? So we need to look at those beneficiaries. But going back to the term insurance, term insurance was the thing that we typically purchased for ourselves when we had a family. They were young. We were trying to make mortgage payments. We had a lot of debt. That term insurance served its purpose, but term insurance is only temporary. Term insurance is something that does not go on forever. Typically, it's sold in 10 and 15 and 20 and 25 and 30-year terms. And when it's gone, it's gone. You won't keep it even if you can because once you come to the end of the term, the premiums are going to skyrocket and you're not going to want to keep it. That's where you need to then consider where you are once the term insurance runs out. You need to be thinking about, okay, is there a purpose for me to now pick up permanent insurance? Permanent insurance is going to be something that, Lord willing, if it's designed properly, is going to last you the rest of your life. It's going to outlive you. Term insurance policies don't go on forever. Permanent policies are designed to do so. However, some of you have permanent policies You haven't been paying attention to the policy. The cash value is dwindling. The cash value is declining. The cash value is disappearing. And you don't realize it, but your policy is going to terminate before you do. Thus, it was a waste of your premium. So the reality is, is that we need to be paying attention to our permanent policies. We need to be updated to the numbers going on within the policy and determining, is there something wrong And if there is getting that problem fixed, last but not least, people say, well, I'm coming to the end of my life. What do I do? We need to be prepared. If you don't have prepaid funeral expenses all taken care of with the funeral home, then looking at a final expense life insurance policy may be the cat's meow. That may be the thing that you need to implement to be able to provide your family with the necessary funds to be able to put you in the ground and to bury you the way that you want to have your services held. Now, life insurance is one of the things that we see change as we progress through life. Health insurance is also another big one. So today you're working. Today you have major medical insurance. You've had it. You've had it since you had children. You've had it since you were young. You have a deductible. You have co-insurance. You have co-pays. You know, all of those things are going to remain about the same until you reach age 65. At age 65, guess what you go on to? That's right. You go on to Medicare. And when Medicare comes, are you prepared? Are you prepared to get onto Medicare Part A, which is your hospital coverage? Are you prepared to get onto Medicare Part B, which is your doctor coverage? Are you prepared to get onto Medicare Part D for drugs? So that if you have medications, those drugs are covered through Medicare. Are you covered for the 20% of the medical bill that Medicare may approve but does not pay for? 
So have you been doing your research to be able to identify what Medicare supplement is going to be in your best interest? You see, all of these things are going to be working together. And as we transition from working to retirement, from the accumulation phase of our life to the distribution phase of our life, we need to be educating ourselves in advance to make certain that we have the tools in our toolbox so that when we do retire, whether that be just before Medicare or after Medicare, we don't have a gap in coverage. We know that our health is covered. We know that our spouse's health is covered. And if we're under age 65, are we prepared? Do we know what we're going to be going on to? Is it going to be private insurance? Is it going to be government health care? What are we going to be going on? And more importantly, how are we going to fund it? Health insurance obviously is one of the largest expenses that employers pay. It is also one of the largest expenses that you're going to pay. And are you prepared for that? Do you have the retirement income when you retire if you're not yet to Medicare age in order to be able to afford those things? Do you know how to be able to pay for those things? And if your thoughts are, well, I'll just simply take withdrawals from my 401k. Well, that may be fine, but realize that you're cannibalizing your principal by doing that. Now, as it turns out, We're going to be going on a short break here shortly, and we're going to be coming back, and I'm going to pick up where we left off by talking about how we grow up as it pertains to investing for retirement. Believe it or not, we've gone through a tremendous number of years as we've been in the accumulation phase of our life. Now we're going to be transitioning to the distribution stage of our life, which could end up lasting 20, 25, maybe 30 years or longer And we need to understand what these transitions are going to be. We probably don't need the type of investments in retirement that we had when we were in the accumulation and working years of our life. And I encourage all of you as listeners, if you have questions, please go to our website, www.johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, W-I-M stands for Wealth Income Management, dot com. And post your question to us. Reach out to us. Let us know what kind of topics you'd like to hear us discuss on each episode every Saturday morning. So stick with us. We will be right back. You'll want to hear what's next. Have you missed any of today's program? No problem. You can hear all of our shows online anytime, 24-7 at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. Time now for more of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. And welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Just want to say welcome back to those of you that have stuck around since the first half of our show. And for those of you that are new, that are just tuning in, let me be the first to say welcome aboard. Today, we've been talking about growing up, and it's time to let it go. It's time to understand that as we age, as we get older, we make all of these transitions in life, whether it's starting out with a pediatrician to then graduating to the general practitioner to then implementing and having to see the specialist to then moving on to the gerontologist, right? Life insurance is one of these things that we also graduate from. Maybe we had a policy that when our parents had bought on ourselves when we were babies, and maybe we still have it today, but are we paying attention to it? 
maybe we moved on to term insurance and we have term insurance, but we fail to remember the term insurance is only temporary. It's not something that you're going to keep forever. That means that you're going to need to replace it if you still need life insurance. And that brings us to permanent life insurance. Now, maybe some of you have permanent insurance, but my question to you is, are you paying attention? And do you realize that you could be saving yourself a profound amount of premium, realizing that you could be reducing your cost on that life insurance by simply looking at newer forms of permanent life insurance that may be a lot less costly and have much, much better guarantees of longevity than the older policies that were written way back when? Are you in a position where you want to be able to provide for your family so that when you pass away, you're going to have all of your wishes carried out through your final expense plan? Well, if you don't have a final burial plan that's already been bought and paid for, then maybe looking into a final expense life insurance policy that's going to be able to fund that funeral for you, whether it's very, very simple or whether it's very extravagant. Final expense life insurance policies can be a very useful thing, and they're pretty simple to get into. You don't have to have perfect health to get into those final expense policies. You know, health insurance is something that we also graduate. We grow up, right? We have under age 65 health insurance. Maybe it's through our employer. Maybe it's individual. But then as we graduate, we get older, we get into, say, age 65. Now we're graduating and moving on to Medicare. Medicare Part A, Part B, Part D, Medicare Supplements, Medicare Advantage Programs. These are all things that we need to be prepared for. We need to be educated on. We need to make certain we know what those tools are going to be used for and how to most effectively use them so that we are adequately covered. And are we going to know how to pay for those sorts of plans when we retire, if we retire and we're not yet to Medicare age? So, for instance, you retire at 62, but you don't get Medicare to 65. Are you going to be able to cover and pay for those things? So that then brings us to one of the biggest areas that we kind of graduate and we move through life. We enhance how things work for us. And that is the life of our investment world, right? I remember when I had my first job as a youth. The very first place that I saved money was the bank, right? And for many of us, we still have money in the bank. But did we keep money in the bank entirely? And was that the only source of investing that we did? Heavens no. We were in a position where as we got older, maybe we got the job and we started becoming then exposed to employer-type retirement programs, 401ks, 403bs. For those of you that work for the military or the hospitals or the postal service or the state, Maybe you have the TSP, the Thrift Savings Plan. You had individual IRAs. Someone told you it was good to save individually outside of what you were saving with your employer's plan. So you started an IRA. Maybe you started a Roth. All of those things are very good as tools in your toolbox that you had. But the real question becomes what's inside and how you invest. You see, as we age, the usefulness of the tools that we were using way back when can sometimes now begin to work against us. Let me give you an example. So as we become older, as we broaden our sense of understanding of how to invest for retirement, we also tend to start to gravitate towards things that are growth-based. Now, this is good. This is something that we need to do. We need to be focusing on growth. 
So we don't simply just sit in cash forever. We start to invest in, say, stock mutual funds. Typically, those are the types of investments that are within 401ks and employer plans. And then we graduated maybe to index funds. We found out that index funds had the potential of growth. They were very simple. They just simply followed an index. And as that index rose or fell, we were able to know that we weren't underperforming the market. So we tended to mature a little bit. We were using those index funds. And then over the course of time, maybe we got interested in individually investing in stocks and we wanted more growth. We wanted to be able to speculate a little bit more. All of those things can be so extremely useful to you and you can make really good appreciation with those types of investment tools. But let me ask you, if those tools were the right tools when you were on the accumulation stage of your life, are those tools going to be the exact same tools that you need once you graduate and you start to make that transition into the distribution or the retirement years of your life? And the answer is no. I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value and we'll email them to you or we'll throw them in the mail to you if you prefer. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step, reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. You see, we need to make certain that we've got the right tools in the toolbox in order to be able to be successful at getting the job done. And this is the reason why these things are going to be considered a part of the growing up phase. Once you start to get to the stage where now you're going to be transitioning into retirement, you're within, say, five years of retirement or less. I encourage my clients as their fiduciary to now begin to start investing in things that are going to be potentially outside of the realm of the 401k, the 403b, the TSA. Now, those things can be great tools. As I said, they're accumulation growth type tools. But guess what? They work against you when you're in retirement. Why? I will use just two things to educate you on. The first is this. Remember that those 401ks, 403bs, those are designed for accumulation, not distribution. This is the reason why when people retire from their job, they don't walk, but rather they run to rolling the 401k into an IRA. Why? Because when you take a withdrawal, from an employer retirement program, you are facing potentially 30% in withholding, 20% in federal, 10% in state. And guess what? This works against you because you might very well be in the 12% tax bracket. So why would you want to pay 20% to the Fed when you can only pay 12? Do you get my point? So they are great accumulation type tools, but they work against you when you're in the distribution stage of your life. Now, What's the second point? The second point is, remember that they're growth-based tools, not distribution tools. So how do you get income from a 401k? You don't. You have to engineer the income. And what do I mean by that? Well, remember that 401ks are designed to invest in things like stock mutual funds or index funds. What that means is that you have to sell those shares in order to get income. Now, what's so wrong with that? What's so wrong with that is the fact that the stock prices don't always go up. There's going to be potentially long periods of time in which the stock market's going to decline. 
You know, today we are sitting at record high levels, record high levels. And what does that mean? I'm not saying that tomorrow it's going to happen, but what does it mean could potentially happen tomorrow? That's right. Tomorrow, the stock prices could fall drastically and they might fall for a considerable period of time. We watched this at the turn of the century when it took three years for the stock market in the dot-com bubble to lose 50%. That was like death by a thousand paper cuts. Watching for three years in a row as stocks went down and declined in value. That was horrific. That was terribly painful. And then it took us four years to recover from, and then we went through it again. We went through the 08 09 crisis, the Great Recession, as they called it, where the stock market lost over 60% in two and a half years. So you see, if you're in the distribution stage of your life, are you going to want to be selling shares, selling them potentially at a loss, selling even greater numbers of shares just to get the same amount of money because the share price has gone down? In other words, if you want 100 bucks and the shares were 10 bucks a share, you sell 10. You want 100 bucks but the share price is only 5. What do you got to do? Now you got to sell 20, twice the number of shares. So, are you going to always keep the same percentage of your money sitting in the stock market in retirement as you did when you were retired? I believe not if you're smart. If you're prepared for retirement, you're going to make certain that, yes, you still have a percentage of your money in growth in the off chance that the market continues to go up. But now you're transitioning, you're maturing, you're moving your money into things that are going to be creating income through interest and dividend production. These income-based investments are the reason that so many of you have been calling to say, I need to have an analysis, I need to have a consultation, I need to know whether or not I have Number one, the right allocation for retirement. Number two, if I don't, what are the tools I need to be in in order to be able to accomplish the outcome that I want in retirement? I want an extra twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of income. How do I create it without sacrificing my principal to do it? So it's time to let it go. It's time to let go of the old ways of investing if you're in a new stage of your life, which is the distribution stage. Now that brings us to the next thing. Long-term care. This is an area that we graduate through different stages as well. Initially, we're young. We're 10 feet tall. We're bulletproof. We don't have anything to cover us for long-term care. But then we move from something to nothing, right? And I see that there's two different stages. There's people that decide, hey, I haven't quite saved enough, so I have to rely upon something else like a long-term care policy or maybe a life insurance slash long-term care hybrid policy to ensure the risk where others, as they graduate and they're able to now convert more of their money from growth to income, they realize that they don't need the insurance. Now they can keep the insurance if they want it, but they're graduating to self-insuring. And this is a beautiful place to be when you can self-insure to be able to know that you can stay in the home, you can receive the care that you want, and you can actually pay for it out of your own retirement savings because you have invested appropriately for income production where you're getting that four, five, six, maybe even 7% interest and dividends on your money. Then finally, estate planning. Another area that we go from having nothing to then maybe simply having a will. But the will, even though it was great, 
when your kiddos were young and maybe you had very few assets, now you have amassed assets and now you need to go on to things that are going to be more, say, comprehensive, things that are going to be more useful to you as you come to the end of your life. Things like trusts, powers of attorney, advanced healthcare directives, maybe even depending upon how much wealth you have saved for retirement, charitable remainder trusts. These are all things that as a fiduciary, I work with my clients to make certain that as they age, as they mature, as they move into different transitions of their life, they are adequately prepared with a true retirement plan. Well, I'm out of time for today, but hopefully you understand you're growing up whether you want to or not, and it's time for you to let it go. If you ever choose to reach out to us, 866-290-3837. Go to my website, Johnson WIM, which stands for Wealth Income Management, and you'll find that there's a little link there to communicate to us, to send us a question, to send us a comment. You can also go to our radio podcast channel, which is just CapitalizeLife.com. You'll be able to get all of the past episodes of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. And I just really appreciate you doing that and giving us a bit of feedback as to what you think and what you don't think. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, it's up to you to make today a great day. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.